What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Ride on Hollywood with Christian Toto, part of the Just the News Podcast Network. Sick of media bias infecting film reviews? Furious that too many stars insult your views? Ride on Hollywood has your back. Christian is an award-winning journalist, movie critic, and founder of HollywoodinToto.com, the right take on entertainment. Now here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to Ride on Hollywood, a proud member of the Just the News Podcast Network. This week's show is brought to you by Disney actively dismantling its family-friendly brand since 2022. Well, I think we're going to be talking about the recent Oscar ceremony for a bit longer than usual. Yes, the actual show was another clunker, full of tepid jokes, groaner speeches, and virtue signaling gone wild. More of the same. But there's still plenty to take away from the night, starting with, of course, the slap scene around the world. You know, powerful men can get away with almost anything in Hollywood. Just ask Harvey Weinstein. Or better yet, maybe send him a letter. Prisoners love getting mail. But Will Smith smacked a comic presenter, and he'll likely face no industry punishment. That's Hollywood 101. But there's more here. The Oscar producers promised a shorter show. We're going to cut things down. We're going we're gonna to shame some of the craftspeople by showing their awards in an edited fashion. We've got all these tricks. We're going to make it shorter. And they lied. But it's what they do every year. And, and you know, listen... No award show should be three and a half hours long. None. It's also pretty clear that Ricky Gervais will never, ever, ever host the Oscars. If the attendees would rush the stage to assault him. Now, I want to bring up a tweet from the great Andrew Clavin. He wrote this just after the Oscar meltdown. This is the generation that made the movies culturally irrelevant for one simple reason. They have no class. Now, I never doubt Andrew Clavin. I often agree with Andrew Clavin, but that really registered. Now, I don't mind adult humor. I mean, I listened to Howard Stern for like 20-plus years when I grew up in New York. I'm not going to get in a soapbox about that. And I I love horror movie excess. I never clutch my pearls over that. Just bring it on. But the Oscars should be a classy production. Instead, we had Aquaman burping as part of his ode to sound design. We had a huge movie store rush the stage to slap a comic for telling what he thought was the wrong joke. And of course, his co-host, Regina Hall, who's copping a feel on not one, but two Hollywood heartthrobs. She practically gave them a cavity search. All to be funny. Classless. Of course, it's also classless to turn every third speech into a political screed. But that's what Hollywood is today. 
And, you know, there's a time and a place for just about everything. So why can't Hollywood get its act together on the biggest night of its year? Leave it to one of the few remaining movie stars and one of the people who truly has class to get the tone just right. I guess it's ironic that Kevin Costner is crushing it right now on the small screen, thanks to, of course, Yellowstone. But he's still a movie star first and foremost, a big talent, a big director. I've actually interviewed him twice. It's probably my favorite celebrity interview. A smart, interesting, engaged dude. Now, his speech on Oscar night was to announce the best director. It was personal. It was moving. It was everything that an Oscar speech should be. Dignified, heartfelt, powerful. And what I witnessed that afternoon in the Cinerama Dome was perfect. The curtain, when we still had them, opened to a film almost four hours long. It had an intermission where the score continued, subtly signaling at one point that the second half was about to start. I don't know where everyone went, but I wasn't going to move an inch. I decided that I would not give up my magic seat. I was determined that I would not miss a minute. And as I sat in that dark that afternoon, 60 years ago, all I really knew was that I was in careful hands. And most of all, it was a tribute to why we love movies in the first place. Isn't that why we watch the Oscars year in or year out? Or at least why we used to watch it year in and year out? John Nolte of Breitbart News fame is quick to point out that the golden age of Hollywood had plenty of troublemakers. There was lots of chaos behind the scenes, lots of very bad behavior. There's no denying that. But the stars had studios to protect their image and hide all that behavior and only show them at their very best. It was pure imagination, to quote a certain chocolatier. It still cast a spell on us. It still mattered. Today, with slapping stars and comics trotting out really stale talking points aimed at half the country, I'll take a little bit of that hocus-pocus of what we're left with right now. You're listening to my dad's podcast. He cried like a baby watching Snoopy come home. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This week's Toto's Take is Baby Mama. This 2008 comedy came from the pre-woke era, and that matters since it stars Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, two pretty woke actresses these days. The SNL stars have great chemistry. They've always had it. But here it's serving a smart and funny story, not an agenda-driven romp. Phew. Just imagine how this duo would reimagine their baby in the modern era. Ugh. Now, in the movie, Faye's corporate character wants to have a baby, but there's no man in her life. Plus, she's got a medical situation where having a baby may be impossible. So she hires a surrogate played by Polar to do all the heavy lifting. Except this mama isn't as refined as Faye's character. And of course, wacky hijinks ensue. Now, Baby Mama isn't top-tier comedy material for sure. It's not like The Hangover or Wedding Crashers. But it's witty. It's sometimes wise about 
parenthood and, and motherhood. And it plays off the cultural chasm between the leads. That's the best part. We also got a cameo from Steve Martin, and that's never a bad thing. And a, a bit of a tweak to the urban elites. Now, lately when I really need a laugh, I don't watch modern stuff. I go back in time just a little bit, maybe at least 10 years, because those movies didn't have lectures. It was just laughs, the way things used to be and ought to be. Now, Baby Mom was just added to Hulu, and I recommend you bounce it on your knee until it gives out a long, good, hearty burp. You ever wish you grew up in a different era? For me, I'm just fascinated by the 60s. That music, that culture, the revolution, the change, the excitement. Can you imagine turning on the radio and hearing the announcer say, here's the latest from Simon and Garfunkel? Or you just turn on the TV and watch an episode of Star Trek that you haven't seen a dozen times? That'd be amazing. But I'd miss the modern era. I'd love the fact that technology can make new stars today possible. People who may not have gotten a chance to shine back in the old Hollywood. Like Zia Anderson. She's a saucy sidekick to Chip Chipperson on the greatest podcast around. If you haven't heard that show from the mind of Jim Norton, you are missing out. Zia also delivers the funny on her Twitch account, and she stars in other shows like It's Eric Nagel and her newest podcast called Unqualified Experts. I love that title. Zia shares how she crafted her career on her terms, from co-starring on AfterBuzz TV to making sure her first appearance on the Chip Chipperson podcast wasn't her last. I love that story. Here's my chat with the proudly self-made Zia Anderson. Zia, growing up, I'm going to guess you didn't see yourself as a multimedia personality. I don't think they had that gig, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But now, of course, you can become just that, which you've done. Did you have any more traditional career goals in mind when you were growing up? And and how did that sort of evolve? Uh, Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, definitely not something I thought about, especially coming from Hawaii. It's such a different life there. And I grew up before... I mean, I remember when we got, but I grew up before internet was super widely used and on the island, there are still places where you can't even get internet. Mm. So that wasn't, it wasn't like I was looking at what was happening and being like, it's just the regular TV that you get there. So yeah, not at all what I was thinking of, Uh, but I did want to be a journalist. That was Mm. kind of my, the first thing that I wanted to do. So I guess I'm kind of close to that. Oh yeah. Kissing cousin for sure. Yeah, cousin, a cousin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I did want to go to school for journalism. And then I think at one point, I also wanted to be a nurse. And my aunt, who was a nurse for 30 years, talked me out of that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, you don't trust me. You do not want to do it. I was like, okay, I believe you. Gotcha. Now, given your upbringing, you were in Hawaii uh, for much of your formative years. Do you think in in an odd way that that upbringing, even though it doesn't seem like a natural I guess, trajectory towards where you are now. Did it help you in a way? Did it ground you? Is there, are there things about your roots that actually really do come in handy now? I think it makes me a real weirdo, which I kind of <laughs> think is a good thing. Uh-huh. It's, it, it, there's a lot of good stories from it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely drawbacks, of course, because you know I missed out on kind of a lot of stuff. But at the same time, I think it's just, it's such a different upbringing that people kind of enjoy hearing stories about it. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'll be on a podcast and they're like, wait, 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 tell me about this. And what did you say? Like, by the time I was seven, I could go into the ocean at night with a three prong and a flashlight and spear a fish. And then I could clean it and scale it and gut it and all that good stuff. So that's, you know, not a lot of kids can say they could do that. So that's, it's, so it's just kind of fun for conversation. And it definitely made me a real weirdo, which I think is good. 
And did you have any trepidation about bringing those kind of bits and memories to the fore or, you know, because I think when you open yourself up as a media personality, it, it can be an odd transition. You share, maybe you overshare sometimes. I think I do that. It, it, has I that been sort of, all the time. <laughs> but it is, was that something that you just did right away? Did you have to, have, did you have to lean into that, that kind of communication? How did that transpire? That probably happened because when I first, as you know, we have a, we have a Christian in, in common, <laughs> not, not just this Christian, we have another Christian in common. Uh, I started doing anything at AfterBuzz. So I originally got into it wanting to do like entertainment hosting. Mm -hmm. And that sort of changed a little bit. It's weird how you get into things and you're like, okay, I like this, but maybe I want to try this. And I guess that's all part of it. But I started at AfterBuzz. And so mostly we just discussed whatever we were watching. So for, I mean, Christian and I, it was a lot of Marvel stuff. That's pretty much how we bonded. We ended up on Marvel shows together. So it was talking about that kind of stuff. So we're talking about movies and I'd go on red carpets and we get to interview people and go to Comic-Con and that sort of stuff. So the topic of conversation was really about me. <laughs> I wasn't really the one that I wasn't really selling myself. I was just talking about whatever show or movie. Um, and it was, I think when I started streaming on Twitch and doing more podcasts that that changed because mm -hmm. then you're talking about, you're trying to talk about interesting things and interesting things about yourself. And when you meet a new person, they want to know about you. And so it just started, sort of uh, comes up. So at first I wasn't doing it at all. And then when I started doing it, I guess I just went in with the mindset of <laughs> it because I never really held back on anything, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. I definitely overshare a lot. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I, maybe something will come back and bite me in the ass. I don't know. We'll see. Gotcha. It's, and by the way, that Christian is Christian Blatt, who is the uh, former sidekick mm -hmm. of Dennis Miller, and he's got the Blatt yes. cast. I'm actually going to be on there shortly to do a uh, an Oscar roundup. It's one of my, it's one of my yearly nice. traditions that I, I dread because I have to watch the show, but I enjoy talking to Christian so much. So that's that's kind of a, a good thing. Uh, Christian is the best. At one <laughs> point, we were doing Marvel TV Weekly, Marvel Movie News, and Marvel News Daily together. And then on top of that, I would be on his podcast a lot, the Blatt cast, because mm -hmm. I was already at AfterBuzz. And he was like, hey, do you want to just hang out? You're already <laughs> here so i'm like yeah of course and then we were doing we did marvels we did daredevil together we did jessica jones after show together we there we did oh my god i spent so much time with christian i love him well he, um, think, he thinks the world of you as well uh you know aw. one of the things I, I wasn't aware of i know you're on the chip chipperson show a podcast mm -hmm. podcast i gotta get that right podcast yep. <laughs> is that you kind of pursued that show a little bit i, I you know what Tell us a little bit about how that you got into that ecosystem because it's so unique. It's so fun. And if you haven't heard this podcast, it's it's not for everyone because the language can be a little raw, but it is so funny, so <laughs> unique, and such a, a free-for-all. Maybe like a little bit like the old Howard Stern back in the day, but you, you definitely made this happen. You definitely kind of pursued it a little bit more than traditionally, and I think that's one of the reasons why you're so successful. Just can maybe give us a tease of that story. The first time that I was on was kind of by accident. And then from there, I definitely was like, hey. Uh, so <laughs> I, I love Chip Tripperson so much. I was a huge fan of that. I watched every episode from the beginning of, of the podcast. And that was a character that was, it's funny that you you know talk about it being kind of like Stern-esque. It was a character that was born on Opie and Anthony, which mm -hmm. different different show than Howard Stern, but same sort of thing, I sure. guess. Um, Jim and Sam were doing their show out in LA. I can't even remember why they were in LA. They're friends with Kevin and Maria who own and operate AfterBuzz. That's Maria Menounos. She is the huge media personality. Uh, she was the, I think, E, right? 
Oh, I believe so. I, I believe this. so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Eve. <laughs> I get some of those entertainment ones. Mixed up. But anyway, <laughs> she, she was the host for E and then her and her husband did after buzz to give back to the community. It's basically a free school that you can go to. It's a school where you don't have to pay for it and you get lots of real uh, exposure. I mean, yeah, real time exposure. Mm. You get stuff for your real blah, blah, blah. I'm going off top. I was there doing an after show. I don't even remember which, which one. And they were at AfterBuzz recording Chip Chipperson. So it was Jim Norton, uh, Sam Roberts. There was another girl there, and I can't remember her name. And they wanted to have two girls from AfterBuzz on the show. And these were kind of more like reality girls. They weren't really, they did a lot of reality TV. They weren't really like com- comedy fans, maybe different kinds. They didn't know who Chip was. They didn't know who Jim was. <laughs> they didn't know any of that. So that, oh my God, it was so great. I just happened to be there and Phil Spitek is, uh, he worked at after, but I think he like helped start it with them. He was there and he's like, oh, you're a fan of Chip, aren't you? I don't even know how he knew that. I guess I talked about it at some point. He's like, do you want to be on the show? Like, yes, absolutely. I do. He's like, you know, you know, the drill, right? You just have to pretend like you don't really know who he is. So you go in there and I was like, <laughs> yep, cool. I got it. <laughs> So, and I, so I wasn't supposed to be on that one. The girls were so salty at me because they, which Jim made a hilarious point when I was on Jim and Sam the other day, uh, he goes, what, they didn't have Google. And I was like, yep. So they're sitting in the room asking me what it is. And I won't tell them because I don't want to ruin the whole bit. That was really fun. And then he retired Chip. The pandemic is what brought Chip back. Because one good thing about the pandemic, obviously. I know, we got Chip back. We got the one. And we saw that Chip was back and I was like, holy shit, he's doing it through Zoom, obviously, because it's the pandemic. Obviously, he's stuck at home. People don't have a lot to do. So, yeah, it was great. So I just emailed him. And a lot of this is my husband, uh, Nick, who was Pips on Ron and Fez, for anyone who's familiar with that world. He was a producer there. I think he definitely pushes me a lot because I can be very timid mm-hmm. and, and definitely I'm like, oh, I don't want to, but he's like, you need to get over that. <laughs> well, that's a great so tip. I'm, My I'm, wife actually provides that service for me. I, I, I tend to good. be tentative. I don't lean into things that I should. And she always says, you know, you get, you got to, if you're not going to pat your own, yourself on the back, no one else will. So good, mm-hmm. good for your yeah. husband for kind of nudging you forward because that is important. Yeah. He's really, really good at that. And your wife is absolutely right too. No one else is going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. So he very much pushes me to reach out to people and I still do it. People reach out to me to be on podcasts and it's f-ing awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also continue to reach out to see what else is out there. You never know. Yeah. But anyway, so he was like, just email Jim. His email is public. He has a public email. And so I emailed him and I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I was on chip when you guys were out in LA. If you'd have me back on his guest, that'd be awesome. I'd love to be on. I really love chip. Blah, blah, blah. And Jim is honestly such a great guy. I mm-hmm. love Jim. He emailed me back and he's like, yeah, of course I remember you. I'd love to have you on. But he's also super busy and a little bit forgetful. So I hadn't heard from him for a couple of weeks. And so I reached out, I think two or three, three times maybe total before I was finally on. <laughs> <laughs> so I really did just go for it. I was really just like, it. And I guess it, it's, it gives as an anxious kind of person it definitely gives you anxiety but at the end of the day and nick always says this he's like what's the worst that's gonna happen they're yeah. gonna say no then you're not in any worse of a position than you were before such a simple lesson but it really needs to be said yeah. and reset and reset now take us behind yes. the scenes of the show it, it's such a uh, a whirlwind you really need to kind of be on your toes which you obviously are yeah. what else can you share about maybe what people wouldn't realize about the show or what you've learned along the way 
Ooh, okay. So here's what I help book the show and I don't really read comments, but Nick does for some reason. I don't know why. And most people are very positive and very nice, but you get a lot of people that are just, ah, and you're like, all right, mm. calm down. One, one guy like absolutely hates me. It's so funny. He comments on almost every show, how much he doesn't like <laughs> me and like, off, like in an obsessive way. I'm like, holy shit, dude, you need to calm down. Mm. Um, he got really upset because we don't have the, some of the same guests on all, like he wants very specific guests. He wants mm. Bob Kelly and he wants Rich Fox. And I get, I love Bob Kelly. I get it. He's probably one of my favorite comedians of all time. And he's the best on chip. I love when he's on, but what a lot of people don't realize is that these people have lives and job and they can't be on every week and they can't drive into the city every time. And we have to switch people around. So he's like, you need to get rid of the co-host. Cause you know, she's obviously not booking people well. And I'm like, I don't. And people will constantly will email me and ask or message me and be like, Hey, you need to get this person on. And you need to get this person on. I can't get anyone on. I can, I can bring people up, but ultimately I have to get everything approved for Jim. I'm not just get, booking people. And I'm like, here you go. Um, so that, yeah, Jim, Jim decides who's on the show always. <laughs> That's not like a power that I have. And I don't know why people think I do. Now um, you mentioned something that I, that I was wanted to ask you at some point is given the work that you do, you're out there, you have your, all your opinions, You've got to have a thick skin to be in your seat right now. It just has to happen. And you just laughed off this one guy who's <laughs> stalking you. He's probably a fan, but just sort of puts it in a very bizarre way. Does it take Maybe, a while to, to get that thick skin? Like, how do you develop that? Because it's it's clearly essential for the work you do. I think it's essential for everyone these days. If we're going to be on social media, yeah. we're going to get nasty comments. But any oh, sort man, of advice yeah. along those lines of how you process that in a more healthy way than rather than kind of getting bogged down by it? Um, there are definitely days and times where I do get bogged down by it. I can't like lie. It it's some days there are some people will hit you right in an insecurity and you're just like, oh God, that hurt. Uh, but I but mostly I try to think about it in terms of these people aren't real and they like they are obviously real people on the other end of the phone, but they're not real in my life. They don't mm -hmm. affect anything that I'm doing. They also don't know me. This is a really interesting thing that I find. People think they know you from the bits and pieces that you put out there out there or that they've heard. And so they make really weird assumptions. There are a lot of strange assumptions. Like one guy assumed that my husband was really jealous of me or really jealous of the attention that I got, which is I have the least jealous husband in the world. It's hilarious. It annoys me sometimes when I'm like, <laughs> you know, you could care a little bit, <laughs> but like, he's just very secure in our marriage and, and, and that's good. It's not a bad thing. So he's not jealous at all, but people make the wildest assumptions. One guy I remember was like, She's definitely a fake nerd. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just a lot of weird shit like that. So you have to realize these people don't know you at all. They just see what they see online and it's entertainment for them. So mm -hmm. they love talking about it and you're just going to get caught in the crosshairs of it. So it's, yeah. just, and it's hard. It sometimes can be hard not to take it personal, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really affect me at all. And yeah. I mute a lot of people. If someone says something, I'm like, ah, mute. And then they can talk and think I see it and I don't see it. It's great. You know, it's funny when I grew up in the eighties, the, uh, revenge, of the nerds was the big comedy and just being a nerd yeah. was really being picked on being looked at askance. It was not a cultural position of power by any stretch. No, now you're a self, cool. <laughs> you're a self-described nerd and we're sort of living in the nerd era, you know, Comic-Con rules. It did, were you, have you always sort of had nerd leanings and did you, did you kind of go through that evolution where you were kind of looked upon a certain way and all of a sudden, Hey, She's the, she's the cool chick who knows all about the Marvel movies. That, that's, a, that's a plus, not a negative. Yeah, 
a hundred percent went there. I remember when I first applied at AfterBuzz, I was like, it's so weird that all the stuff I get got made fun of for <laughs> as a kid is now like an asset. It is so strange. Yes, I was always insanely nerdy. I was a really quiet kid who read a lot. That was pretty much all I did. It became so much a part of me as a person or my personality, I guess. I don't know where I would see people years later and they'd be like, Hey, do you still read a lot? (laughs) (laughs) I got in trouble in math class for reading under the table. And I loved in particular fantasy. So it was anything fantasy. Mm -hmm. I remember talking about it recently with a friend. My first crush was not on an actor. It was on a character. I don't really care that much about Orlando Bloom, but the Legolas character, when that movie came out, I was like, (sighs) (laughs) and that was, that was my first crush. Um, that I can like really remember, but yes, I read a lot and I got made fun of a lot and I read a lot of fantasy and I was a weirdo that sat there with my friend and we'd mix up potions and it was not cool. And I got made fun of a lot. And then as I, it wasn't really until I was an adult and Marvel movies got big and started becoming a thing Mm -hmm. and people and Comic-Con got big and started becoming a thing that it became, I guess, like a cool thing, but yeah. People a lot of the times think, I I don't really get the whole faking being a nerd thing. Why would you fake liking something you don't like? I don't understand it's it, it's a weird charge. I, I also like to hear your teacher saying, Zia, stop reading in class right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got in so much trouble. I'd be in math class and I was reading under the table. I got my books taken away all the time. <laughs> Boy, and I'm not surprisingly, I failed math in high school. Oh, God, oh, I'm so bad at math. Obviously, you're able to kind of navigate the pop culture landscape these days. You're enmeshed in it. Do you see mm-hmm. something either bubbling up that's coming soon or even just things in these zeitgeist that we're not talking enough about? Just, I just think you have a kind of unique perspective on things. You might be noticing things that are not getting enough attention or that maybe will be getting plenty of attention in six months. Good question. You know what? I think that... Um, Shadow and Bone is a freaking underrated show on Netflix. And I feel like it wasn't really talked about that much. I think it's getting a second season. I'm really excited about it. It's mm-hmm. based on a book series that I haven't even read, but I'm going to now. But I kind of want to watch the show before I read it because you always get sad when <laughs> you read something first yeah, and they yeah. do the show. It's hard. I know Wheel of Time was one of those that people were really pissed about. And I watched that whole series and it was, mm. um, but yeah, a lot of people aren't talking about Shadow and Bone. I think it's great show i feel like it's really really underrated um but gosh things that that should be big i'll tell you i get i guess i get excited about different stuff maybe i'm more excited about blade than most of the other things that are coming out in marvel mm-hmm. okay because well, i grew up around that time sure you know the work you do i think to the casual observer is going to seem easy oh you just hang out and laugh along with chipper you know oh, you're God. talking about pop culture you're you're answering questions for podcasts and different radio shows and it's never as easy as it looks i, I when i go into like a local radio station and i watch the anchors do their thing i'm thinking Oh my gosh, I could never do that. That's the hardest job in the world. <laughs> but what's hard about the work you do? What is something that maybe people who enjoy your commentary wouldn't realize? Sort of the blood, sweat, and tears aspect of what you do. I actually think that it's mostly the time that you put into it. And when you're doing it by yourself, when you're doing things on YouTube, when you're doing uh, when you're doing other people's podcasts, it's a little bit different, but you do still have to prep for that. Like you kind of have to get ready and it takes your time up. And if you have to go into the city for me, that's mm. just for me. 
uh, then you have to commute and all that stuff. So that takes up time, but it's mostly the time it takes and learning new things. Like I learned, I taught myself how to video edit just with YouTube videos. And that is time consuming. Mm. So like doing one thing that eventually you can do in 30 seconds when you're learning, it takes you like an hour, like, Oh, I gotta mm. get through this. I figure out how to do this. Um, and then also marketing yourself. That's another thing. Every social media is everything. I'm still nowhere, obviously nowhere near where I'd like to be there, but you have to constantly be present and on it kind of constantly be available to people, which can sometimes get a little exhausting too. Yeah, I can imagine that. And you know, you strike me as as what I've become later in life is that you're an entrepreneur, that you've basically crafted a career based on your passions, your interests, the things that you're good at, uh, your personality, obviously. Do you have advice for other people who are doing something similar or want to do something? Not Maybe not necessarily be what you are, but have a gig that is that is not defined, that is not easy, but really fits into all the things you care about. What, what, what's, what are some of the, maybe the secret sauce behind your success? Well, you're going to be broke a lot. So get ready for that. <laughs> people, it's, and it, whenever people judge the OnlyFans thing, I'm like, all right, you want to be broke and, and wait tables? I did mm. that for years. No, thank you. And it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting. But I think, yeah, you just have to put a lot of a lot of time and energy into it. And it's going to suck for a while. And it's going to feel like no one's watching for a while. But you have to get through that because that's kind of how everybody starts. No one's like an instant overnight success. And when you think someone is, you don't realize the years and years and years of work that they put in before they became successful. Um, sometimes people become an overnight success. Don't get me wrong. That does happen, but it's pretty rare. So yeah, I think just putting the time and the energy in, and then also networking is one of the hugest things you can do. I was just talking about this recently. If you don't know people, you're not going to get stuff. Like it's, it's really rare that you, that people find you and just reach out, especially when you're first starting out, you got to talk to people and you got to make friends in the industry. And that's kind of how you, they're like, Oh, I had so-and-so on my podcast. She's a great guest. Oh, I saw her on that podcast. Now I'd like to ask her to be on this podcast. And that's kind of how I think pretty much anything works, mm -hmm. even regular jobs. Yeah. See, before I let you go, the work you do kind of exists outside of traditional Hollywood. You're not on Saturday Night Live. You're not right. on a TV show. You're kind of working within, you know, whether it's the different podcasts you do, the YouTube, uh, everything you do is sort of a part. It's different. It's digital. Mm -hmm. And and because of that, I think you have much more freedom than a traditional personality or broadcaster would have, just get based on what you see across the culture. What are your thoughts about cancel culture and this attempt to kind of rein in creativity, expression, maybe challenging thoughts? I mean, this is certainly, I think it's something that you have less of an issue with because of the work you do, but it's certainly out there. Mm -hmm. Certainly you bump, bump into comedians who are struggling with this. Any sort of a, either observations of where we are as a culture or sense that thing, the, the dam is breaking, maybe, maybe freedom will make a comeback. Any, any thoughts that way? Oh God, everybody says that. They're like, it's going to swing back the other way. And I've heard <laughs> plenty of people say, no, it absolutely isn't. I don't know whether it's going to swing back or not. I know that it's weird that we obsess so much over what someone said. We, it's, it's very strange. And we don't do it to, Jim has made this point. We don't do it to actors. We don't give actors shit for like playing a racist role or we do if they take a role that maybe they're not suited for, whatever. Mm -hmm. People get really pissed if it's like a white person and a role that's... I don't Asian, um, which like Scarlett annoys Johansson. me too. Sorry. Like Scarlett Johansson and then caught heat for, uh, was it ghost in the shell from a couple years ago? Yeah, exactly. Scarlett Johansson caught mm -hmm. heat for ghost in the shell, which that one was, is a weird one. I think ghost in the shell it's, she's 
the original character was an Asian girl, but she was put into like a sleeve body kind of that was, I guess, in the manga created by a European company. So it's like not insane that they would look like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the what was that one? The the movie, this one, this one pissed me off. I, I don't like it when they do it anyway. It was they cast a bunch of white people in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the one that M. Night Shyamalan did. It was really it just the movie itself was horrible, especially if you like the the anime or the cartoon anyway they they casted that horribly mm -hmm. but yeah cancel culture is a, it's a very weird thing people get in trouble for just trying to make a joke maybe the joke didn't land and they're like oh, how could you and i think that that really does hurt comedy because you can make anything funny and you especially a lot of the really masterful comedians they do it in this way that's really thought-provoking and you think about it and you're like oh my god now i'm they sometimes you look at something and you're like well i felt this way about it now I actually kind of feel this way about it. And at the end of the day, if it's funny, it's funny. I don't think that there's anything that's off limits in, in that world. And I think it's strange that people are trying to tell someone what they can and can't say. And yeah. I get the whole argument of people being like, oh, freedom of speech just means that you can't get in jail for it. Not that you won't have consequences, but where do the consequences end? Someone's not allowed to have a career or do anything with their lives if they said something that maybe they don't even agree with it anymore. People also, are, also aren't allowed to change their minds. If they say something 10 years ago, it comes back out and they're like, well, I don't really feel that way anymore. It's like, but you said it. And everybody calls for them to be taken off the show that they're on, whatever the thing. It's very bizarre. I don't really see it swinging back the other way, but it is unfortunate because I think that it does with creative expression. And there's a really easy thing that you can do if you don't like something that someone says, you don't have to listen or watch them. Yeah, there's only about a million different options for everyone available right now. There's if they don't so like X, you got you... Y and Z and a whole bunch of other letters you can just throw at them. And exactly. uh, real quickly, you know, I think that one of the things that's struck me that wasn't the recent Dave Chappelle special, but the last one. I remember he was specifically going into tough conversations. And I remember as a viewer mm -hmm. thinking, I disagree. I'm not sure. I don't know why he said that. But he's such yeah. a genius that he was really challenging me and, and making me mm -hmm. confront where I stood on certain issues again and making it funny and making it thought provoking. I thought, my God, we, we, we really want to we want to get rid of that. That's a terrible idea. And uh, well, and then this is where people sorry, I oh God, I sh I'm got to be careful. I'll rant too much on this. This is where <laughs> also people I feel like it gets it turns into a really slippery slope and and People call for, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't be able to say this because it's hate speech and you should, don't give those people a platform. But where does it end? That's where it gets scary, because at some point there's going to be a line that can't be that can't be crossed, but they're going to cross it anyway. And then it turns into, well, we're controlling anything that gets put out there. And that just sounds like a very scary place to live. If you have an opinion that differs and it could be a perfectly reasonable opinion, but if it differs from what a majority of people think or whatever hap is happening and you get completely shut down in silence. I also think that's really dangerous. I don't know why we want to give anyone that much power. Yeah. And by the way, it's not often the majority. It's often a very, very vocal minority, minority. that are making yeah, the rules true. that we all have to abide by. But uh, anyway, we'll see what the work you do just basically pushes back against that, challenges that, and makes us all laugh. So I appreciate Aww. you joining uh, Right on Hollywood. You can watch Gia's colorful Twitch account for fitness tips, gaming goodies, and so much more. And of course, she's always by Chip Jefferson's side on the best podcast around. Plus, you can hear her on It's Eric Nagel, the radio show, and now a new Unqualified Experts podcast. So you are busy. Keep it up and uh, keep speaking your mind because we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. You're an awesome interviewer. Oh, thanks. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thank you, thank you for listening to Right on Hollywood, part of the Just the News podcasting family. I confess my life has been on the wrong side of crazy lately. There's just so much chaos going on. We're having a home renovation project. I've had some uh, other stuff happening. It's just always crazy. And it's been so much fun to see that this show's download numbers are spiking. Last month was the best we've had so far. Amazing. I love to keep that momentum going, guys and gals. So if you can share an episode with your friends or just go to iTunes and give the show a five-star ratings rating, I would really appreciate it. Let's keep this going. Now, we just snagged a really big guest. Should appear later this month. I don't want to say who it is. Keep it a surprise. But I also want to give other guests a, a shot, a chance to shine on this show. Because I think part of the things I like about podcasting is you hear different stories from different people, not the usual guests that you hear all the time. One of my big focuses here. But for now, have a great week, and we will do this all again next time. Thanks for listening to the Right on Hollywood podcast, part of the Just the News Network. We'd love to hear from you about the show. You can email Christian at HollywoodandToto.com. And please don't forget to rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews make our day. But just speak from the heart. Free speech matters more than ever. 